Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. You might be asking why we gave Jesus a clap tonight. Well, when you go to the football, you clap a piece of leather and all those chasing it. Well, I think we can clap the Son of God who came to earth for us, don't you? I think we can do that. I think we can. What a stunning night 2,000 years ago would have been, just like tonight, probably a little bit cooler in the Middle East. But uh, 2,000 years ago, it was a stunning night when uh, a supernova uh, was appearing in the sky. And that supernova was to point to the fact that the saviour of the world was about to be born. But in the lead up to that, in Luke chapter 2, it says, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Bible telling us that Jesus' birth was complex, detailed, even... uh, Mary giving birth, he ended up not even being able to be born in an inn, like a a place where you would stay. Jesus ended up being born in a manger, which was a feeding trough for animals, basically. And, uh, And so in that place, the Son of God came into the earth. And in Matthew 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, uh, Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Once again, that star in the sky, everybody, that beautiful night. And these men from the east who, it would appear, they traveled over a thousand Ks to get there. It seems like they were Persian, go res. And uh, the Bible tells us that they were wise. Anybody who is following Jesus Christ and pursuing him is wise. And tonight, can I encourage everybody here, uh, the star that they were following was actually God doing a post, a, a post for them to follow and to, and to see the trail to His Son who was born. I don't know if you know it tonight, but God's got a trail for you that maybe you're not noticing. Maybe it's not a supernova tonight, but God puts someone in your life, someone in your family, somebody in your neighbourhood, somebody in your workplace, somebody you study with, and uh, somebody you met, and God was using them, not as a supernova as such, but as the star that He would use to point you to Him. So tonight, you're not here by accident. Neither was I by accident when I... Years ago, my two brothers who'd become Christians, I was not a Christian. I didn't understand Christianity, didn't understand God, didn't know if God existed. And I had my family uh, uh, warmly, but uh, encouragingly pointing me to God when I had no clue if He even existed. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to read tonight, God has been leading you. And if you're wise, like these wise men, you'll end up worshipping Him. Yeah. Goes on in Luke chapter 2, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Wow, new experiences always cause fear, right? And then the Bible says, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, listen to this, everybody, 
I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Everybody, can I encourage you, don't be afraid either of God. Don't be afraid of the Christian faith. Don't be afraid of the Bible. Don't be afraid of new things that maybe are new to you because you've never been in a church. Maybe you've had religious experience, what I had as a child, but I had no concept of the God who wants relationship. And Jesus wasn't coming to put on a show. He was coming to rescue you. He was coming to save you. And you're like, save from what? Well, the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. And I don't know about you, anybody ever sinned? <laughs> don't need to raise your hand. I'm pretty sure you have. Anyway, and He came to save us because our sin and our rebellion and our resistance to God has actually separated from us from Him. And God knows that. And by the way, you need to know God is pure holiness. God is pure love. Have you ever felt like I felt, you felt like some pure love, like when a baby's born, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so filled with love like never before. Your wedding day is like, you know, you're, you're off the planet on your wedding day. Well, God's love is times that by billions and trillions. He's so holy. He's so loving. And then God knows that we were separated from Him. We were lost. And if you look at the world right now, you'll see a whole, look around the world, put on anything for five minutes and you'll see a world that is lost. A world that is blinded, lost in this, our sin, lost in our confusion, lost in our pain. And then God says, well, I'm going to actually have the answer come to them, my son. Religion is always trying to reach up. You'll watch cults, it's always trying to reach out to something, reach out to this, do this, be that, do this, do that. And then I love it, God goes, no, I'll do it, I'll send my son. So God says, I'm gonna send my son who is taking your sin and your suffering so seriously that he is gonna compassionately and with great love give his life for you. And so the Bible says he's the saviour. Saviour, what is He saving me from? A broken life. I had that as a teenager and as a child. God saved me from that. Maybe you're like, well, that's not me. I don't need a saviour. Yeah, you still do because this life is so short. Eternal life is never ending. Eternal life has no end. And the Bible is teaching over and over again that eternal life is real and it's to be had. I remember when I grew up in Sydney, um, there was a man who was an alcoholic, a uh, terrible alcoholic, and he became a Christian and God uh, saved him, began to heal him, and he started writing eternity over Sydney. Anybody remember that? Uh, Arthur Stace, I think it was. And he would write it and people would wake up and eternity would be beautifully written around Sydney. And this man, after he became a Christian, from being a you know, terrible alcoholic, he had the revelation of eternity is real and said, God, what will I do? What can I use? And God said to him, use your creative gift. And he wrote it around Sydney. People were going to work and his eternity written there. Why? Because God wants to remind you life is short. Life is so short, but eternity goes forever. 
And, uh, and um, so Jesus wants to save you from a lost eternity. You're like, what does that mean? Well, the Bible tells us that we're either going to be with Christ in His presence. Think of the most beautiful, uh, excellent, honourable, rich moment you've ever had in your life and then times it by a trillion and keep going, keep going. And that will be in the presence of God and then all that God has for us. And I know the Bible says there's a great marriage supper of the Lamb, which is basically, there's gonna be an incredible party celebration when Jesus returns for those who put their faith and trust in Him. You need to know everybody too, the chances of Jesus' birth and His life, His death and His resurrection happening, are, you know, it's beyond possible. It's impossible. 300 prophecies, some given up to a thousand years before He came, 700 years, all foretelling Jesus' birth, where He'd be born, His life, His death, His resurrection. Can I encourage you, everybody, don't play with your eternal life. You can be wrong about the car you bought. <laughs> and some of you say, I am. <laughs> I'm really wrong, can't get apart. You can be wrong about the car. You can be wrong about the apartment you have. You can be wrong about a lot of things, but you do not want to be wrong about your eternal life. And God takes so seriously where He wants you to be. He wants you in relationship with Him in this life. And by the way, He has a purpose for you in this life, but then He wants your eternal life right with Him. And uh, I want to encourage you tonight, you can uh, make your eternal life right with Jesus Christ. Amen. So He's not saving us from nothing. He's saving us from this life. I got saved from brokenness. I got saved from addiction. I would have headed to it. I got saved from pain. God began to rescue my life and now He's rescuing my sons and now my grandchildren in Jesus' Name. And by the way, I was down the front worshipping tonight. Everybody who's a little bit older with me, a little bit older, don't be cheeky. Um, I was just down there and I went, I was like tonight, it was like when I first became a Christian and I was 19, you know, and in church for the first time, new Christian. And I remember being touched by the Christmas story, but I didn't really understand it. And tonight I felt, I was standing there and I felt like, where did that go? Where did that go? Here I am at 29. I'm like, where did that go? <laughs> I say that to say life is quick. Life is so quick. And I discovered this decades ago that out, without Christ, I'm existing. I don't care what job you do. I don't care what you do in your life. I don't care if you're a TV star, you're a rock star. You are existing and you will have a void. It's a void in every human heart that is God designed. <laughs> and that will never be filled unless it's filled with God's only Son, Jesus Christ. So that star of Bethlehem, as I said, I believe God was shining a light for you even to be here tonight to hear the Gospel. God was drawing you, that's God's light. You're like, well, I, didn't, I wish I had a light like that. Yeah, you do, and you did. Whoever invited you tonight, behind that, behind them, behind them, behind them, was the Saviour of the world looking on going, I'll come to you now. Yeah. December 22nd, 2023, I'll come now. So God's coming to you now. And all you need to do is do what I did four decades ago, is receive Him. Everybody, the star of Bethlehem, and by the way, Bethlehem meant house of bread. And it mean, hang on, and means house of bread. That's the, what the name means. 
It's actually meaning all the things that you try and fulfill your heart and life with actually are not really sustaining you or real sustenance. Bethlehem House of Bread, bread would be, you know, it was the, sta- the stable, the staple that you ate. And Jesus is saying to all of us, whatever you're filling your life with, I was born in that place to tell you that I'm going to be the one that really fulfills your greatest hunger, your greatest thirst. I am the, how, I am the bread of life, Jesus said. And so Jesus is saying, whatever you're filling your life with, uh, it's, like, it's like when you, you, know, you drink Diet Coke and then one day you have the real thing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> so, just came out. I don't know. God's saying, I want to fill you with something that's actually going to satisfy your life, satisfy your internal hunger spiritually, uh, emotionally. God starts to satisfy our very hearts. You know, the wise men had the highest expectations that Jesus would be who the prophets said He would be, who other stargazers said. That's why they travelled over a thousand Ks on this journey, you know, on uh, camel to come because everything that they had heard and the reason they came was that Jesus would be the true source of hope. Tonight, if you're needing hope in your life, Jesus is the true source of hope. And how do I know that? Well, like uh, some people heard at church, Sue and I, we both went from Christian backgrounds. We held hands as 19, 20 year olds whenever we got engaged and said, well, Lord, we're gonna follow you now. Hope you work. (laughs) Hope your Bible works. Hope the Christian life works. (laughs) I can remember when I'm praying this prayer. I I think Sue just looked at me like, what is he doing? But I'm like, Lord, yeah, hope, hope you're there, right? Because we're starting out, we were young. And so now, four decades later, can I tell you, He's been our hope, He's been our sustainer, He's been our source, and I wanna tell you, He is true. And God's got hope for you in this life, and He's got great hope for you in the next life. You know, um, somebody once said, once we've seen Him in a stable, We can never be sure where He will appear, a manger, a stable, wherever we've seen Him. We don't know, and I love this, they said, we don't know what lengths God will go to or what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation He will descend in His wild pursuit of you. We don't know what God will go through. We don't know what God has done to get you here tonight. You may have thought, well, I've gone to the bottom. I've gone to the pit. I've gone to here. Or you're thinking, my life is good. I've got a good job. I've been a stable person. I've got a stable family. I'm a stable single person. I'm good on my own. Can I encourage you? God will do everything. And He would even descend to being born in a manger to come to you. His wild pursuit of you. Don't you love that? His wild pursuit of you. God doesn't come to us glibly. He wildly pursues you. And I want to encourage you, God has even gone to lengths tonight to get you here. What lengths has God gone to for you? That He's gone to great lengths for you and even that you might be here tonight. Charles Wesley wrote the words, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. So the Bible, once again, teaching us 
and that song from Charles Wesley saying that the account for your sin and your rebellion, your stubbornness, your resistance of Him could now be settled because of Jesus Christ coming. That account that was out could now be settled. And uh, many of you will go to an accountant, you'll go and you business guys, you have reconciliations. Jesus was the greatest reconciliation in the history of the world. And that He came and said, I'll take your debt on me. I'll take your sin on me. I'll take your rebellion on me. And I'll take it on the, on the cross. Oh my gosh, how amazing is God. And Jesus has come now to be born, not in a stable any longer, not be born in a manger, but to be born in the hearts of men and women in Perth, Western Australia. Jesus come to be born in your heart. That's the whole reason for His coming. First, it was an earthly birth where He was Emmanuel, God with us, but now He's coming by the Holy Spirit and to be born in you, in Jesus' Name. You know, the response given by the initial innkeeper, you know, when Joseph and Mary, she's at full term, nine months pregnant, on the donkey, and uh, they come to the innkeeper and there's no room at the inn. Can you imagine him in eternity? Imagine being the innkeeper in eternity, knowing that I told God's only son, sorry, can't fit you in. Like, like, I bet he's, like he's like, what was I thinking? It's like uh, when you're having a sleepover with kids, you make room, right? You can do it. But the response given by the innkeeper, if you look in at the passage, does not say in any way that it was a hostile response. He was not opposed to Joseph and Mary. He was not opposed to it, but his inn was crowded. And I would say, like many of us, his hands were full, his mind was preoccupied, and he was just with no clue, no insight, listen, shoot away the very Son of God from his door. Just, no, no, too much happening, too much on, places full, and shoot away the very Son of God with no clue what He just did. How many people live a life with no clue what they just did? A decision, a choice, an acceptance, a rejection, but there's no clue because we're preoccupied. Do you know what? This is the answer that millions give today for not receiving Jesus Christ. They give the same they're in the same place. And really, in reality, they give this answer. We, like the Bethlehem innkeeper, many times cannot find room for Jesus. All the accommodations in your heart, many times are already taken up by other crowding interests. Jesus is trying to come to you tonight. He's trying to come into your life, but oh no, I just, I'm busy and you know I got this on and got that interest and you know we're full up here and I'm full up and the inn's full up and my life is full. You know the response of most people is not in majority an atheistic response. I'm an atheist. It is not even defiance against God. That's not the majority response. It is the feeling in the Western world particularly that I can get on without Jesus And alone, I am enough. We are the innkeepers who have rejected Jesus coming 
many times, sometimes for the first time, but for some of us, it's been numerous times. But with that, we have, in that locking him out, we are missing the fact that Jesus Christ came for us, but he's looking for us to make room for him. Somebody, I read a comment uh, this week that somebody wrote where they said, um, I simply cannot paint the perfect picture within which I would wish to live out my life. They said, with incessant desperation, I try, but I continue to be empty. There's the thought, everybody, for all of our internal fullness of ourselves, and I'm so busy, and I've got a life, and da-da-da, and no room for Jesus, in actual fact, we're still empty. We're still not fulfilled. That's why we have to buy more stuff, have more relationships, do this, do that, get the latest travel mag, because I'm trying to fill things. And I'm not talking, there's nothing wrong with traveling. There's nothing wrong with stuff. I'm not having a go at that at all. I'm just saying those things which actually are of minimal importance in regards to our life with God, we miss the fact that Jesus is coming to us now. The Bible says, everybody, there's no salvation under heaven by any other name. In fact, Acts 4.12, I think we've got it for you, says, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. And in the Amplified Bible, it says, for God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. There is no alternative. Your goodness cannot save you. Here's what people say. I believe in God. I believe in God. Pastor Jared, I believe in God. You ready? The devil believes in God too. The devil believes in God. So if you're saying, I believe in God, and you think that's it, well, you're in line with the devil. You're in line with him. But the devil's not going to heaven because it's not based on I believe. It is confessing Christ as your Saviour and Lord and putting your faith in the fact that He shed His blood on the cross and gave His broken body for you. That is how you are saved. And that's when you actually come alive and you realise, oh my gosh, God has illuminated illuminated me suddenly When I became a Christian, the sky was bluer, life was brighter, I was hope-filled, and I suddenly saw the star. God had been leading me to the Saviour, and now He was appearing over my life. (laughs) So, everybody, there's no salvation through you. There's nothing you can do that will get you into heaven. No matter how good you are, Here's what, here's what the Bible says in Romans. The Bible says, there is none righteous. No, not one. So Jesus had to come because none of us are righteous. Every person needs the Saviour. Last couple of thoughts. Bethlehem, everybody, was just the beginning. <laughs> it was just the beginning. And by the way, as I said, that was the last time that God's Son would be born in human form on earth. He wants to be born in your heart tonight, in Jesus' name. But 
But listen to this, Jesus' next appearance will be no silent night next time. Instead, the skies will open with trumpets. That's what the Bible says, there'll be a blast and a new kingdom will begin. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet call, a trumpet will sound and the dead, look at this, who believed in Christ will be raised imperishable and will be completely changed, wondrously transformed. Bible telling us later that we will re- you'll receive a heavenly body and be transformed. And by the way, you're saying, I've got relatives who were Christians who died. Well, the Bible says uh, to be absent from your body, if you've died and you're a believer, is to be present with the Lord. You're in the presence of God waiting for that last trumpet to sound. Corrie ten Boom, that mighty Dutch Christian woman who along with her family, parents, sister, hid the Jews in World War II. She ends up, she's not Jewish, she's a Dutch Christian. She ends up in the concentration camps and uh, gives thanks to God that she's in the concentration camp because she's able to preach to everybody before they go to the gas chambers when her own life was on the line. And I don't know if you remember the story, but it's an incredible story for those who've read of Corrie ten Boom and her history, that she tells the story of they got lice infected and she thought it was, it was horrible, but she thought how good of God to do allow that. Because the German guards would not come into the room where she was sharing the gospel and sharing her faith. And so she said, I led so many people to Christ because of lice. Teaching us all again, don't be put off because what's happening in your life is uncomfortable. God may be using it. But she made the amazing thing, st- uh, statement when she said, though Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem and not in me, she said, then I would still be lost eternally today. Wow, that's a right statement, Kari. Well done. Though Jesus be born 1,000 times in Bethlehem, and not in you, then you would be eternal, eternally lost today and ongoingly until you made that decision. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. <laughs> it's a stunning night in the house. It's a stunning night around the world. But realise this, though you go to a thousand Christmas carols and a thousand Christmas services, unless you open your heart and invite Jesus Christ into your life, then Kari Ten Boom, who died at the age of 90s, got through that concentration camp and uh, died and is in the presence of the Lord. She was right when she nailed it for all of us. Though we sing carols for the rest of our lives at Christmas time, if Jesus is not born in you, then you are eternally lost. And what a sad waste of all that Jesus has done for you in that fact that you missed the point Mr. and Mrs. Innkeeper, you're meant to make room for Him at Christmas. You're meant to open your heart, open your life. And those things that are taking your time and attention, push them to the side and say, Jesus, make your home in me. He doesn't want to make you religious. He doesn't want to make you weird. He doesn't want to make you strange. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. He wants you to know His forgiveness. He wants you to know His great hope. And He wants you to know the fact that He's got a plan for you, not just in eternity, which is the most important plan, eternal life. Most important decision you make is your eternal location. 
But He wants you to realise, just as Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your good, not to hurt you, not to harm you, but to give you a great finish and a great life. And Sue and I, for 40 years now, we look back and go, well, Lord, how did we get here? (laughs) How did this happen? God brought dignity to our lives. God brought grace to our lives. God brought forgiveness to our lives. God brought hope to Sue and I. He brought His help to us. Everybody, it's not just for us. It's for you. It's for you. Mr. and Mrs. Increeper, make room for Jesus tonight. He wants to come to your house. Come on, He wants to come to your house. He wants to come to your house. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.